Hello and welcome to the Get Offset podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Emily. And today we are going to talk about all of the... Jen. <laughs> all of the gins. All of the gins. We had all the gins yesterday. Several gins and a scotch and a whiskey question mark. Are you talking about my bur- bourbon barrel aged gin? No, I'm talking about the uh, PBR whiskey that Rick really oh. liked and you thought was vile. It was vile. He, Rick liked it, which I don't quite understand why. I don't, I'm wondering if he was just being polite. I think he was just being polite. Because I thought I think it's vile too. He wouldn't. He wouldn't tell you to your face it was vile. He's he's more Midwestern than me in that regard. Well, I'm sorry. Did he say it was quote interesting? No. Okay, because that definitely he means got, he hated it. No, <laughs> he, he didn't say. He said he was enjoying it, and then he got mad when he poured out the rest of it back into your gimlet you're working on. <laughs> that was a mistake on my part, man. <laughs> I had yeah, a thing so. to go to after that, and I went home. And originally, we did the time that we did because I was like, "Oh well, I have to, you know, go to a birthday party <clears throat> at eight or something." So context for this conversation yesterday, Emily yeah. and Rick came over and we filmed uh, a little, uh, a bit for 60 cycle hum. Can I say that? I, I can say that, right? I, I mean, you've already said it. That, that's just all I'm going to say about that. We just filmed a bit. Yeah. And, uh, it was exciting and fun. And then after we were done filming our bit, we, uh, um, me and um, my wife, Melissa, and my mom, also Emily, and you, Emily, and your husband, Rick, we all had drinks. Yeah, we had four four different kinds of gin. Uh, I think, honestly, my favorite was the one in the blue bottle. The gunpowder gin. That was delightful. That's the one I picked up on a whim um, right before it you guys so came It was so pretty. Over. And then the one that your mom had was also really good. Copper... Yeah, that one makes sure. Oh, the one my mom has is uh, that was Death Storgen. That's really good. And it's from Wisconsin. Yeah. Or like Wisconsin yeah. inspired or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was all very good. I should have looked at the bottles before the episode. <laughs> I, I don't remember entirely where it's from, but yeah, no, I, I like that one a lot. And the weird thing is I I had a falling out with gin several years I know ago. did. And... I'm coming back around. I'm starting to, there's enough vari- variation, variety. Variety. There's enough variety between the different gins where it's, I appreciate it much more than I did a few years ago. Yeah, that's good. So I got to try just a, a splash of each, but Rick and I were in the corner drinking um, my early birthday present that I got, which was uh, Lagavulin 16. Sketch. Sketch. I am not a fan. Well, Rick and I were not complaining. No, he likes scotch too. So that was really nice of you to share. And then we made some good coffee. Mm-hmm. So I brought to the party a Copperworks gin. It's a local gin that was also very, very good. They were all those, those first three gins were all very good and just like subtly different in, in fine ways. They weren't <clears throat> even that subtly different. They were drastically yeah. different. They, they were, but they weren't as drastically different as the one from South Carolina, That's which true. was a barrel-aged gin. After you had the other gins, the more botanical gins, because some of them had notes of tea, some of those had notes of like 
pepper and then copperworks one was like downright citrus yeah and then you have the barrel aged one which just like tasted almost like syrup after the other ones it, it was very kinda, honey a yeah. lot of honey yeah no no it, it was like like it really pulled the sweetness from the oak barrel but then the 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 citrus from the gin itself so i just tried it just a, like a, a small splash of it with a slightly larger splash of tonic mm -hmm. and honestly it just kind of tasted like lemon coke to me it was yeah. really strange because it, it pulled like that sweetness and the botanical all came together almost like a, a like a cola is the best way i could describe it yeah what's weird to me is i've never tasted that gin next to other gins so i've always been like oh yeah it's really great with some tonic and a cinnamon stick instead but it always to me tasted like gin until yesterday and then i'm like oh my god what is yeah, this that, that was a completely different liquor altogether yes that was, it was great it was a very interesting experience and me being as adventurous as i am with flavors and culinary items that was really cool to try so thank you for bringing it yeah thanks for having us that was a lot of fun uh we should do that more often however i think rick about had a panic attack pulling up your driveway because <laughs> like, there's cars behind me and i'm like you're going to back in because you don't want to back out <laughs> i back out of that driveway every day going to work Ugh. Well, that's early, though. Yeah, I was going to say it's at 5 a.m., so there's yeah, literally no nobody else on the road. But Yeah. Some of your neighbors have those handy-dandy mirrors, and I think that maybe you should get one of those. Yeah, but then our landlord doesn't want to pay for it, so do we want to be the ones to pony up the cash for investing in their property? Well, one, how much is it? Uh, By the time we're done like putting a post in the ground, because there's not a tree oh. we can put it on. You'd have to put the concrete. Yeah, probably not worth it unless you could yeah. like take it with you. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily have to do full on concrete, but I would still have to get like a weatherproofed post. Yeah. And dig it into the ground and get that all in the mirror itself is like 40 or 50 bucks on Amazon for one of the smaller ones. I'm uh, not sure how much good that's going to do me. Yeah, you'd want one of the big ones. So for those who are confused as hell, Andrew lives on a busy ish street and his driveway is super duper steep. Steep and has a blind spot. A very big blind spot being like the row of cherry trees in my front yard. Murder trees. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I haven't had an issue with it yet. <laughs> That's good. Yet. 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 <laughs> yet. Hopefully never. Knock on wood. Yep. That was me. Um, yeah. So uh, what's new with you? You have a new toy as of yesterday. Yeah. You brought over my the new toy that I bought from Brian even though he doesn't know that I bought it. That's weird. Cause he absolutely like in the chat, I thought it was very clear, but whatever. Yeah. I thought it, uh, he probably just forgot. Cause it was going to you. Maybe he was uh, just, so maybe bought, he was just screwing with you. That's that sounds like something Brian would do. You know, I haven't opened it up yet. I wonder if there's like a, like a massive dick inside. No, I opened it up. There's not a massive dick. It just says made for Emily. That so Brian's the, the builder at spruce effects and that's something he totally would do yeah he just retired um, everyone who's listening he just retired a few pedals and one of them uh was a saltwater fuzz which i released a demo of if you're listening to this uh on the release date i released a demo of it yesterday uh which was which was fun fun for me like i kind of upset with myself for not getting one but i got the uh rainier fuzz to go with my mount hood fuzz instead Yeah, I haven't had a chance to plug it in yet, but it looks even cooler in person than it does in the photos. 
and I'm going to have to find a little bit of time to plug in my Telecaster and run that into my amps and get loud. Yeah. I really liked it for like, um, kind of sustained textural fuzzy chords. You know, maybe I'm going to have to play with that running it after some reverb. Ooh. Getting just, wild. Heck yeah. I just, I like having fun. What can I say? My name's yeah, Andrew no, I... and uh, I like to party. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andrew likes to party with uh, his scotch. And and gin. And gin. I actually didn't party. Wine. You partied way harder than I think any of us did. Jeez. <laughs> Ouch. That sounded judgy. No, I'm jealous because I had to drive right after that. Oh, yeah. I didn't really. I just had to go to another party and I didn't drink at the other party. But um, so my friend and former client uh, rented out a bar slash music venue that I've performed at like three times in the past month. And we'll be at next Thursday. Uh, and so the bartender remembered me and he he kept making me up some really nice ginger mocktails and things like that. That That's a, a, one of the cool things about that bar is they... Um, if, if you order like a Moscow mule or something, they uh, muddle their own ginger instead of using a ginger beer. I don't think they have ginger beer. Ooh. I think they just like do it themselves and it's really nice. So I was really excited. Uh, I had four mocktails, which were basically like soda water, lime and ginger. And uh, it was really nice to walk out of a, a bar and not have a, a $40 tab or whatever that would normally like actual alcohol would cost you in Seattle. Right. Seattle bars are very expensive. I still tipped him really well because I go there a lot. (laughs) And, and I love, I love it when you become that person where like, I I don't get free drinks or anything, which is fine, but I do get a little bit of special treatment. If he sees me waiting in the line, he might just make whatever I'm drinking and slide it over to have it ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that to me is more valuable than money <laughs> time. No, agreed. Yeah. No, there's, there's a few things I hate worse than like sitting at the bar and like trying to get the bartender's attention and someone else walks up and I've been already there for a couple of minutes and they jump, like they manage to get the bartender's attention faster than I do. Cause they're taller than me. Cause I'm short. You are a little, I'm a little short. You're a little, fine. you're a little buddy. Oh, it works out for me when I'm uh, on planes, though, because in uh, just regular class, I whatever coach is what we call it these days. Yeah, uh, I can get my legs fully outstretched. That's weird. I like the aisle seat because then I can stretch a little one of my legs into the aisle. I like uh, to be able to stretch my, my left leg. I have my, my knee is not so great on that leg. Uh, so being able to stretch that one out is key. But I digress. I have some new things. You want to hear does about that? Mean them? I can start, does that mean I can start calling you old buddy? Do you value having what? fingers that work? Because okay, mom. Yeah, I'm going to break your fingers. <laughs> Just kidding. That was really very aggressive of me. No, please. That's probably payback for my accidentally very judgy comment about you enjoying the company of my family. I'm sorry. That came off way judgy than it needed to. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, I did go home and take a three-hour nap. Well, that's a sign of a good time. Surefire sign of a good time. Then I didn't sleep at all that night because I took a three-hour nap at uh, 6 o'clock. But I got some new things since we last recorded. 
you've got a lot of new things. Well, I think that the the one I want to talk about right now is I got a, a Milkman the Amp that uh, basically it's a floor unit and it's an ampl- a tube amplifier with reverb and tremolo <clears throat> and uh, it can be completely noiseless. So I just plug my headphones into it, um, plug it into my, my uh, the, the little task cam I use to record demos and I can do completely noiseless demos, which means I... Normally, I, I, you know, I only like to be loud between, uh, like, with an amp. And I try not to be too loud. Kind of, like, after five, from, like, five to eight. I don't like going later than that. Uh, my neighbors all say they can't hear me. But I want to be polite. And I feel kind of bad if Rick's trying to watch a documentary or something. And I'm, like, playing my guitar, trying to film a demo for, you know, half an hour. So this will right. give me the the freedom to... Uh, like film film a demo really quick on my lunch break or uh, if I have a bout of insomnia I can go downstairs and turn on the lights and the camera and uh, do a demo there or just even just playing guitar I spent the whole weekend um, I'm playing with my friend Michelle as the all night boys uh, in Nashville on November 9th at the five spot so I've been I spent the whole weekend just going through her songs um with the with the milkman the amp it yeah it sounds real good every once in a while i get a little bit of interference from you know the light fixtures and the computer but for the most part you know it's it's just it that's any amp though. it is any amp and it just feels like any amp and uh yeah the spring reverb on it is drippy and the tremolo is tasteful it's just all around like fantastic like I can see taking that to to shows and taking it on tour for sure. So, so the reverb passes the Pete Davidson test. I don't know Pete Davidson, the guy from SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he drip or it, something? It, <laughs> he did a thing. Uh, was it last week or the week before about uh, STDs? And it was pretty funny. Oh, that was funny. So it's the Pete Davidson does it drip? <laughs> I. I don't remember that part of that episode, but I remember that he did that. He's funny. I like him. I, I worry about him, but I like him. I think that's pretty much the consensus of everybody who watches him. <laughs> He's great, but sometimes like, man, you're going to be all right. Like, geez. I don't know if I've ever seen. Take care of yourself. But man. I don't know if at the same time if I've ever seen someone more willing to make fun of himself. That's true. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Also, I'm, I, I feel, feel like, like he, I'm, I'm slowly. I feel like he should take back his apology for a joke that he made at one point, but I won't get into the politics of that. Yeah, we'll take a step back from that one before we get yeah. too into the so sticks. So that's the big thing. Um, I also got an atmosphere from Doctor Scientist, and holy smokes, what, what? talk about reverb! Like, and that pretty much makes you a gamer, right? It's so cool. There's a special like. I know that there's some sort of like game you can play on it um Mm -hmm. but all all i've gotten so far with it is changing like the bypass screen from the default to i picked the pizza it's just yes nice uh, i like pizza um pizza pizza speaking of dr scientist sounds uh, i'm going to be filming uh hopefully a very in-depth demo with that pedal uh, if not a few demos with it and uh, I just want to shout out Dr. Scientist Sounds as a sponsor of the podcast. Weet woot. 
Yes. Heck yeah. Uh, Canadians are fantastic. I was in Canada for the Canadian Thanksgiving and uh, it was real chill. I had some pumpkin pie. I had some pumpkin scones. Oh, I love Thanksgiving food. Man alive. And I got to say, like, why why is it? I've got this theory or like a trend that I've picked up on, but Canadian pedal builders tend to make the coolest, most out of the box pedals over the last few years. It's just across the board. And so I, I just I got to say, so there's a uh, doctor scientist. There's solid gold effects. There's um Montreal assembly. Wait, no, gosh, is that right? Fairfield Circuitry, Fairfield Circuitry, and Montreal Assembly. They're the ones who do the um, count to five, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the count to five. Uh, there's oh, Empress, which does yeah, the Zoya and several other yeah. really cool things. The Zoya is the most recent, like, whoa, that's super out of the box, but I actually super yeah, want nice. one. Nice. Cool. Well, who else have we got on? on... Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Dr. Shout Scientist out. Sounds. Uh, Shout out to Dr. Scientist, shout yeah, out to yeah, Canadians, yeah. and on the other end of the of the continent, uh, my other favorite, one of my other favorite regions is no California. Is this it? episode is brought to you by, yeah, am I wrong about this? I, I'm like 85% positive Strymon's from California. No, I'm They're just from... saying, you like California? No way. No way, man. Way. I feel like I, I haven't brought out that voice in a little bit. That's not true. You definitely did it last week. Did I? Eighty percent sure. Did I, man? I don't know. I've spoken to the whole lot of devil's lettuce, man. I didn't. I don't even know. Oh God, I've um, never. I know, I've already botched her Strymon spot. Uh, golly, sorry guys. Guess we'll have to make it up for you uh, by saying your stuff is super rad and I like it and I want more of it. <laughs> so uh, Strymon is another sponsor of this episode of Get Offset. Uh, if Heck you're yeah, listening to have them on board on the get off set train and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. super and, great guys over there. And if you are listening to this on the 22nd, which is the day this episode comes out uh, tomorrow, tune into the YouTubes around noonish Pacific time uh, for their, their new pedal that they've been teasing the, the heck out of <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's going to be dope. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. I know that you want it, but. I, it's mine. <laughs> I know it's yours, but I, I offered to buy it from you. Yeah, I feel like I kind of need it, though. Really? You've got other things that do the exact same thing. No, I don't. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> that's all I can say about that. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> I mean, I have pedals that do a lot of things, but none of them do what this does. <laughs> I want it. Tough nuggets. Hey. If the guys at Strymon want to be super nice and um, send me one as well, that would be <laughs> appreciated. I make no promises past that. I bet they would give you an artist will... discount if you were real nice about it. I mean, probably, but then I then I have to be broke again, and I don't know I should. I I I'm gonna get myself into trouble if I keep talking. You are. I, don't you'll, you'll get us so in trouble good with this secret so far. Yes, you need to um, shut your dirty little no, mouth. Shut your face. Um, cool. So I think we've teased that plenty. Yeah. Uh, and rightfully so. I'm excited. It seems like the whole praise and worship community is excited from all the screenshots you sent me about people's guesses and whatnot. Heck yeah. Well, rightfully so. And I think their minds are going to be blown because 
Yeah, I wish that people that would take. I, I wish. I just. I need to stop talking about this. It's so cool. I can't stop talking. If I keep talking, I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to ruin the whole surprise. We're going to get fired. I wish that people who spend so much time trying to like decode what this announcement is would like take that time and instead like try to help like those organizations where you look through pictures of missing children and stuff like that and try to uh help humans like that'd be really neat that's just my take (laughs) if you have that much time on your hands maybe you should listen to uh the murder squad with jensen and holes and help them solve crimes like (laughs) that's my take well i'm i i'm glad you have a take and i i just i'm glad that that i'm happy that people are happy yeah cool so uh i think we're gonna get into the topic a little bit now so yes let's talk about the topic and you're so this isn't a topic that i know a whole lot about so this is going to be a a fun episode where you explain things to me and i give you my full raw honest on the spot feedback yeah i don't think that a lot of musicians know that this exists i think that a lot of musicians don't realize that there's a um an organization called the American Federation of Musicians. That's basically a musicians union. Um, and uh, so I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook and in one of the groups, uh, someone posed the question like, Hey, people who are solo performers, um, when you play with a band, how do you pay the members of the band? Like assuming, I think the premise was like, she's the only member of her band. Like she performs under a name. I've recorded with her. She's always paid me whatever rate I've asked. She's wonderful. I like this person. I would play with her in a heartbeat. Um, But she was just asking, like, how do you normally do these things? Because, you know, you don't always get money for gigs. I think we all realize that uh, there's a level of gigs that you pay, play, and then you might not get money for them. Um, And so people were talking about how they pay their uh musicians that they perform with who are basically hired guns and i was i was a little surprised by some of the responses um a a lot of people said they don't have a set rate that they pay some people say that they you know pay the musicians a little bit but they pay themselves the most because they do the most of the work with the promotion and everything um and some people say you know which is how i was raised and how I was taught being in like studying music business in Nashville was that if you're the artist, you pay yourself last. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't pay yourself at all. Um, but it means you can keep the people who work for you happy the same way that really in a small business, the owner should pay his or herself last. Uh, and no one else really brought up the idea of, the musician's minimum wage scale. Is this something you're familiar with? This is something I, I don't know if I've ever heard this before. And maybe that's part of partly due to the fact that I've most of my musical experience has been in the church community where it's more on a volunteer basis for an organization. There's not ever really an expectation to get paid for it. Yeah. But. So, uh, this is a strange concept to me. I'm, I'm very so, intrigued. So I don't, I don't know for sure if scale varies by location. Uh, I suspect that it might. 
But the idea of scale is is minimum wage. Like, have you ever heard stories about famous actors like Robin Williams? I believe worked on a few films for scale. So that was the Actors Union scale, and it is literally the minimum wage, and uh, is supposed to protect people in the same way that any other minimum wage does. Like, okay, so you can't get paid less than this certain amount of money, um, and if you're working at a business uh no one's gonna bat an eye if you ask for at least minimum wage but for some reason as a musician um it's there's i think maybe because so many people are willing to do it for free that it is really diluted itself and musicians no longer can seem to rely on getting paid scale instead they get paid uh cuts often so scale is, I have a document pulled up. Uh, it's, it has different types of engagements, um, kind of extra fees and, and like what you should charge for different things. It has um, sort of uh, rules about things, things like uh, here's one commencement of all services shall be no more than 15 minutes after instructions are after musicians are instructed to report uh members must report 10 minutes before the start of an engagement uh failure to comply will result in charges against the offender by leader and or contractor just to give you a taste of what's in this so it's it exists to protect musicians um which is a beautiful thing musicians should be protected uh because what you're doing is work and if somebody's making money, you should be making money also. Um, but let's look at some of these. So there are like extra fees here, and I'll post a link to the one that I'm looking at in the show notes. Uh, things like leader, the leader fee. So the band leader will should always get double scale. Um, a single performer fee. So if you're the only one performing, double scale. Conductor fee, double scale. Uh, New Year's Eve is double scale. Uh, local access TV, including PBS, $30 surcharge per musician. Local radio, including NPR, $15 surcharge per musician. Uh, warm-up and rehearsals, half an hour warm-up, 20 bucks, Extra half an hour, uh, $10 not to exceed one and a half hours of total rehearsal time. Rain dates, things like doubling, cartage, so how much does it, like how much should you charge to move a portable keyboard over 40 pounds. How much do you think, how much would you guess moving a portable keyboard over 40 pounds? If you're bringing that to a gig, how much would you guess that costs? Lukewarm case of PBR? $60. (laughs) An amplifier is $12. Um, Let's see where that is in here. Uh, I see organ and amp speaker is $60, but that's an organ. I'm going to go oh, amplifier slash speaker is $12. So a PA system is 36 bucks. Gotcha. Drum so- set is 42. Steel drum is $12. <laughs> I love how there's something. Yeah, that's really specific. Um, tuba and double bass combined for some reason is on here. As is tuba and electric bass. Are those things normally brought together by the same person? I mean, those are both bass clef instruments. Yes, but they are quite different. Uh, and then there's travel. So your travel costs. If you're traveling 
uh, it doesn't say under 30 miles, but over 30 miles, like 30 to 31 to 40 miles, you get paid 12 extra bucks, 151 to 160 miles. You get 176, uh, anything above that you have to negotiate. So, okay. So this is a long list of basically the legal guideline of what people should get paid for this line of work, right? Yeah. So it has, um, now we're looking at single engagements, uh, non-concert settings. So dinner, dance, dance or dinner banquet, wedding, uh, wedding reception. <laughs> uh, yeah. So two hours or less per musician, each musician should be getting paid at least $120 plus any extra cartage fees and travel fees for two hours for three hours, it's 144, four hours, 168. And then you get 44 for each additional hour thereof so with the leader getting paid double whatever that scale is so if you've ever <laughs> hired a wedding band or a wedding performer uh i feel like you're probably lucky if you paid less than this because wedding bands understand their value and right. their demand but for a lot of other things like th that and that's why that's why you pay more is because this is literally minimum wage because not within this is uh, the time that someone spends learning songs, practicing. There are rehearsals if you have them do a rehearsal in your space. Um, but for the most part, like the, I don't think people really understand that aspect of it. That when someone's performing, it's not just the time that they're on stage, like the 45 minutes to an hour and a half they're on stage. It's all the other time they spend learning those songs, getting them down, practicing them on their own and with others. It's so, yeah, 120 bucks for two hours really doesn't even feel like that much money when you think about all the work that a musician puts into things. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole range of responses to that. I Because for starters, I didn't know that that was a thing. And it's kind of strange to think that there's like a a Bible of sorts for, for this. Um, yeah, it's this whole worksheet. It even has club things. And where did you, you find uh, this? Is, like, is this I like a well-known? Yeah. Well, yeah, it should be. Like, I just Googled. Uh, I'm at a American Federation Museums 21.org. So AFM 21.org slash scale. Uh, and it even has like club dates. So there are different sizes of clubs. A club is a bar restaurant that operates under an established name. For example, I play a lot at Connor Byrne. Uh, and then there's three classes and you would contact the office for a list of venues and you would figure out what it was. So class C club, I think that's probably the size that a lot of, you know, people play. I have to imagine that is a Connor burn, small club, whatever. It says three hours or less per musician is $36. That's not a lot of money. No, that shouldn't. That, so it really shouldn't be an issue to pay people each band member at least $36 for their time at a minimum. Right, right, right. So man, so okay, so hmm. So the there's this federation that makes this, but it's not enforceable, it's just a strong suggestion this is really what people should be getting paid, right? If you want to be in the union and you take gigs and you do not collect payment for this, I imagine, or if you are in this union and you do not pay your musicians that, uh, I have to imagine that you get removed from the union. 
Right, right. Okay, so it's, it's like a union membership sort of deal. Yeah, it's a, it's oh. a union thing, and it's you know it really is truly recommendations, but these are such basic levels. Right. Yeah. No, I I get that. That's kind of a minimum. I uh, like it's minimum wage, so I get that. That's kind yeah. of bottom bottom level for what people should be getting paid according to whoever made this. But uh, a couple of quick follow follow up questions before I, I launch into full reactions, uh, benefits of being in a, of this particular union. I've never been in a union, so I've got a little bit of an outsider's perspective, but I'm just curious why aside, like why would someone join this union? Well, they would join it for the reasons you join any other union as somebody is you're, you're paying for people to uh, lobby on your behalf, um, work on your behalf to improve everything from your working conditions to your wages. Uh, a big reason a lot of people join musicians unions is that is often the first stop that a lot of people go when they need to hire a good musician and they don't know where to start. So oh, they'll reach out to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll reach out to the AFM and be like, Hey, this, I'm this, this band that I'm trying to get together. Like we need someone to play double bass. I don't know where to start. They could put out a call to their members and then the member would get paid at least wage, if not their regular rate, which would ostensibly be above a scale. Right. Right. Which I guess makes a whole lot more sense than just like posting on Craigslist. Hey, I'm looking for a drummer. I need him to like this band and this band and I need him to be on time and to not smoke, but I need him to be okay with weed. Or whatever yeah. the like the random stuff you see on Craigslist. So yeah. I, that that seems a lot more professional. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that's kind of that's kind of that's the reason. Those are the big reasons you you would join a, a union. And a lot of people aren't super duper pro unions, but that that's why. <laughs> well, yeah, because people like their money. Uh, so so I've got I've got three I've got three responses to my my literally just now discoverment of this existence. Are you ready? Yes. First of all, I've, I have to respect it 100% because um, to quote uh, a great philosopher, uh, the Joker, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah. This is uh, true. So that's a start at uh, two. Uh, I think this gives me a larger appreciation for the monetary value of what church musicians put in. Um, cause a lot of church musicians and, um, worship teams, they don't get paid. Maybe the worship leader does, um, or the worship director, because there's a lot more administrative work on the back end for that kind of stuff. But it, that gives me a, a, a better appreciation for what that monetary value would look like just from the amount of volunteer time they're putting in. Uh, but then three, there's the follow question of supply and demand. Cause you mentioned that there's tons of people who are willing to do this for free. If that means getting their break. And I'm t torn between that seems like venues or um, uh, people who are putting on shows are taking advantage of these poor souls who just want an edge. Mm -hmm. um, and the flip side being is, well, the, the, the law of supply and demand is such a fundamental root of economic theory and capitalism and how the U.S. is run. And I, not say, I'm not going to defend that outright, but I'm just curious to hear. I want to know what your thoughts are and how that plays into this because – if someone's willing to do it for cheaper, I mean, that's kind of how this works. But at I the same time, that's exactly what ruins it for everybody. And it, it's the same, like, there, there are bands out there that are 100% willing to do pay to play because they just want to play. And 
the only reason these venues exist and continue to do this is because bands continue to go along with it. Um, just because this is your passion and sometimes people right. feel weird about taking money for their passion or they're like, well, everybody does it, but if nobody did it. It wouldn't be a thing because then these bars that rely on these bands to bring in people to sell their alcohol wouldn't have anyone in their venues. Like they would have to find something else to do, someone else to screw. So it, and, and I'm not really, isn't so, that what open mic night is for? <laughs> So I'm talking, I'm talking a little bit less about like the venues and like when you like talking about how venues pay musicians is, is sort of different. Like what I'm mostly talking about here is uh, if you're a solo performer and you want to have uh, people backing you up, but at the same time, you don't want it to be a collective band, uh, then you need to pay people what their rate is and you need to pay people at least what scale is is my opinion and thankfully that was the opinion of a lot of the people in this in this group was hey you know yeah i most of my shows are are coffee house gigs and i play by myself um but when i have a big gig that i maybe want to film for whatever reason or it's important i might not make any money personally because i want to have a a better experience for you know whatever the purpose is for the big show so she's like, I'm going to pay right. the band what they ask. And if I can't afford somebody, uh, then I'll try to find somebody who's in level with what I can afford. Um, like I've been paid uh, this year between 125 and 175 uh, per gig. Um, and that includes for a lot of those gigs, extensive rehearsal time. So that probably goes, it turns out a little bit north of scale according to this worksheet. Um, but there are people who are saying that they don't pay their band anything, that everything that they have with their solo projects and that music for every gig, that the band doesn't take anything out of it, that they put it all into a band savings account. And I thought that was bananas. Because they are not like, they're your hired guns. It's not like Sunday Crush where we're all part of the same collective and we're all in it for, I mean, the same, I don't want to say the same goal, but like, it's part of our identity or, uh, right. Right. It, and it's not like, oh yeah, I play with this person sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference between like, oh, we're just like a bunch of buddies that play in a garage and this is what we do for fun versus this is a professional thing. You're paying someone or should be paying someone to come out that someone that you either don't know well or don't know at all that they're just backing up your project. Yeah. And clearly it does. It doesn't have to be a lot like that's, I just have a, yeah. Um, actually there was another section that was, uh, paid performances under $10, which is a lot of the ones that I pay. So for ticket prices, uh, under $10, you're supposed to pay $108 for two hours or less per musician. That's higher, but right. Yeah. That's that. That's harder, and sometimes you can't. And sometimes, no- sorry, one more thing I would say. The thing is, sometimes you can't afford a band if you're a solo performer, and it's a it's a bit of it's a bit hard sometimes when you're starting out. So that's the thing. If you can't afford a band, then it's just like if any, you can't afford anything else in life. Like, <laughs> but can you afford a looper? <laughs> I mean, I, I think people <laughs> do that. It wasn't bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I. Are you making fun of Aaron Abubo? Maybe. 
Yeah. <laughs> I saw someone, uh, I saw a woman named Lisa Prank open for Liz Fair, and she had just a bunch of tracks she had built in a boss looper. And she would just start the looper, play the song, and then she had her own guitar, That, she, but everything else was in that little loop box. It was right. cool. It wasn't like live looping, but, you know, she couldn't afford a band for that show probably or couldn't get them all together last minute or whatever the situation was. So instead of bringing people that she didn't pay, she just didn't bring anybody. Well, and I, I'd be lying if I said that I've never played to live tracks before, but. There's nothing wrong with it. St. Vincent does it and she charges 40 bucks or whatever for tickets. I think what's really shocking to me, though, is the, the idea that some of these solo musicians are um, doing this kind of stuff for free. And I like I feel like I should have known that in the back of my head. But I just I what kind of a jerk move would it be to be like, hey, I've got my own music, my own project. I want you to come play drums for this one show. And sorry, all I can offer you is a couple of lukewarm PBRs. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. And I just like, I, I don't know if they're there to support you. It's got to be a reciprocal there. That just seems that seems like a natural response to that sort of arrangement in yeah. my head. But I mean, I don't know. It's also easier for me to say that because I'm not actively in the process of trying to sort out how much money I can afford to try and push for my passion. And so mm -hmm. I definitely on the flip side of that, and this is a subject that we've talked about um with the Jesus discount episode is the, the idea of wanting to make your dollar stretch for as far as you can when you're yeah. uh, working on a project, that's something you really care about or you really believe in. And in that episode was about um, how churches often feel a strain of trying to make every dollar stretch for as long as they can. So I, I also, I understand and empathize with the, the, that side of things for solo performers, but I don't know. I think, I think it goes back to, you've got to pay people what they're worth. I think yeah. that should just be a found fundamental aspect of how we do business yeah i mean and i've had friends who i've played with uh them just uh like her and i and after the show she took her 30 dollar cut uh and handed me 15 of those dollars no yeah it was a really sweet thing and i know that she has a band and she's technically like a solo performer but she has the same band for every show and they have a name and everything so I consider that to be like a band and I know that she pays them, you know, quote fair splits, which is basically ever even splits right? Uh, for, for all the shows. And that's how you keep people like wanting to play with you. If you're a solo performer is you, you pay them well, like the, the music can be fantastic. It can be the best music you've ever heard. Um, but in the end, like if you, if someone, doesn't seem to value your time or your skills enough to to pay you i think you gotta go find the gigs that pay and and i said i said it before but it's it, so i moved to seattle uh from nashville and one of the reasons it was such a good move for us was because uh in nashville there were so many people coming out studying music business who wanted to be in the music business and they didn't care how little they got paid $21,000 a year. Sure. Great. Sign me up. And they would work that for five years before they inevitably burn out and go back to school and find something else to do and change industries entirely. Exactly. And then the, they would just be replaced with other people who are willing to work for next to nothing. And the company because that for, I was at specifically for every people that do that, there's one yeah. person that actually makes it. Yeah. And it's not, and, it's, and then we moved to Seattle 
And I immediately found work uh, and well-paying work and even work in the music industry that, you know, for the amount of time I was putting in made more sense hourly than, than it did in Nashville. Like I wait, wait, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Now everybody's going to move to Seattle. It's going to, it's going to change our scene. Of course the cost of living is way higher here, but. Oh yeah, that is true. But, but people don't work for free here and. Don't move to Seattle. It's expensive. It's really expensive. Um, we'll just sit over here and enjoy it all by ourselves. Yeah. But musicianship is kind of similar. Like people work for so long and no one values their work because they can know that they can replace you with someone who will work for nothing. But if everyone, and that's what unions are for, if everyone decides they won't work for nothing, then people are going to start getting paid or people are going to so stop listening to music. Is, and I don't think that's going to happen. So what you're saying is if you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah, that's exactly right. Joker. <laughs> I, I think that's really, I think that should be the name of the episode. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah. That's well, called a callback. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually really like that. And yeah, I'm still just, I like, I, there's a lot in this episode that I didn't know about. And I'm still kind of thrown by the idea that there's a union for this. I, and I'm not inherently against it, but whether or not you join a union, I definitely agree. You got to advocate for yourself. You got to not take just money, like take the cash or not take cash, just take a, a gig for quote unquote exposure. Exposure. People die from exposure. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, and other, I'm not going to make that joke. Yeah. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> um, were you going to say and no. dysentery <laughs> or whatever no, those I, other Oregon trail things were that you would just die no, so abruptly no, I, and you'd be like, what? I just, I was, I was going to riff on a different uh, definition of exposure and moving forward. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, don't take the, don't take the gig just for, for, for free, just for the exposure the experience. Like if you're, if you, if you're doing the work, you're owed the money. I think that's completely fair. Yeah. Um, I think this is again, adding to the noise of yet another couple of folks saying like, Hey, venue owners, this isn't, I think this conversation, like the, we've talked more specifically about solo performance in this, but extending the conversation farther out, I think these principles have got to apply to venue owners who, when they bring musicians for exposure, quote unquote, they're not, they're getting a lot more value out of their venue by virtue of the fact that musicians are there and playing music. Yeah. And I think that's gotta be reciprocated. And I'm not going to put down hard numbers, but I just, I, there's gotta be more appreciation for that. And, yeah. I don't know. Again, if you can't afford to have live performers at your bar, then you don't get to book them. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think that about is a, is a, just about a great place to start uh, stop. Oh my goodness. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for uh, tuning in. Please leave us a review. Oh, should we shout out our new patrons really quick? Oh yeah. Patreon. Patreon. We have a Patreon, everybody. Uh, we have 10 total patrons. Um, let's see. We have Mark Packham at the $1 level. We have Joe Braga at the $5 level. Thank you, Joe. Jason Weiser at $1. Mark Gannon at $1. Jim Burns at $1. Zach Hale at $1. And Aliyah Franson. I am sorry if I butchered any of those names. Um, 
But thank you for supporting the show. It makes us so happy. Uh, it pays for our expenses. We need to schedule some stuff to do the um, patron only, the, the special patron episode. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah, we also have our For Fuzz Sake lineup. We have hats and shirts on the website. And uh, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, if you don't feel like supporting us in any financial way, we do understand that we do this podcast for free. We mean, we're, we're fine with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the crap we talk about if we weren't doing the podcast anyway. But in other words, help me. I'm poor. Help me, I'm poor. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> love yeah. that movie. Nice. <laughs> Please, yeah. All right. Well, I think that about sums yes, it up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Again, I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. One, Goodbye. Two, Bye. Three.